Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera, And uh, happy election day, guys. I've got a great guest on for you. Producer Corey is once again slacking, slacking. He's got to get these priorities straight. Um, but I've got Brandon Anderson of the Action Network on. You guys love Brandon. We all love Brandon. And we're going to get a chance to talk about some of our favorite plays for this Wednesday slate. But then also we're going to be looking at uh, some big picture stuff like uh, like all stars so far throughout the season, like what our ballots would be, who would be starting, who would be on the bench and who our award winners are at this point in the season. So we'll get into that a little bit more once we get into that segment of the podcast. But uh, I just wanted to give out a couple of my favorite picks, and I know Brandon's got one as well. My first pick that I like here is I'm looking at the Jazz, or not the Jazz, I'm looking at the Nuggets and the Pacers, and I'm going to be taking, this is an insane number, I'm going to be taking over 235 for the points, and it's they both play like with relative pace. They're the Jazz are, or I keep saying the Jazz, but the the Pacers, <laughs> the Pacers are fifth in pace, the Nuggets are 12th. And these teams both have great offenses and awful defenses. And I think that this is kind of one of those games where you're going to get to see a lot of three-pointers being shot. You're going to get to see a lot of three-pointers being made. And that kind of plays into both of these teams' strengths in a way. The Pacers do a good job of limiting paint opportunities, but I, I don't think that the Nuggets will have any issue with that. Uh, they're just going to keep shooting threes. I think they're leading the league in three-point percentage, or at least they're in like the top three as a team. So I think this is a great opportunity to see a lot of points. Obviously, you know, you can get hit with some bad shooting variants, but with these teams that like to shoot a lot of threes and like to play fast and in transition, I think this is a great spot, even though it's a very, very high over. And then the second play, and uh, and then I'll give out my two plays and then I'll turn to Brandon for his, but the second play is the Lakers plus five against the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm going to be honest with you, Brandon. Both of these teams stink. Like, they're so bad. They're really bad. Like the Clippers are 20th in adjusted net rating. The Lakers are 28th in adjusted net rating. But like at the end of the day, neither of them have a good offense. The Clippers offense is 28th. The Lakers is literally last in the league. Um, but they both have decent defenses. So I, I think that this is honestly just too many points in this spot. And like, I know that that's kind of like a rudimentary cap here, but we're already seeing a little bit of sharp action. This opened at five and a half. Some books have it at four and a half. And I don't, I think to keep, you know, with you're getting it over a possession, you're getting a little bit of, you're getting a little bit of room there. I just think that there's no home court advantage for the Clippers ever against the Lakers. And I think this should be closer to maybe like a plus two or like two and a half, three, as opposed to the five. Uh, Brandon, do you have any thoughts on those or what's your pick for today? Oh, am I on this podcast too, Joe? I thought we were just listening <laughs> to you give out your picks today. <laughs> that was it. That was it for now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm not touching the LA battle with a 10 foot pole because if I bet that game, then that means I have to watch that game and I do not want to watch that game. And I don't want to have my money on the Clippers or the Lakers. Fair. I uh, I can't argue with your logic. The Clippers aren't good on, on buckets last week. I gave out Clippers to miss the playoffs and naturally they have won every game since then because <laughs> I have the touch of Midas on these sometimes, but yeah, I don't think they're good. Like they're six and five, but they don't look like a six and five team. The offense is a mess. At the time I wrote it, their offense was worse than the Lakers' offense, which I was like, that enough said. Like 
that's all you need to know. If you are worse offense than the Lakers offense, Bad. that tells all we need to know about both teams. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a, that I guess maybe that makes me think I, I we should maybe do an under in that game. What's what's the total on Lakers Clippers right now? Uh, do you have I'm that? Gonna, I'm pulling it up right now. The total is it's going to be low. It's 221 and a half. All right, give me the under on that one. I feel pretty good about the under yeah. because uh, Clippers defense has been top 10 so far. I think buoyed a little bit by they're playing a lot of these terrible opponents, but guess who's one of them? It's the Lakers. And so I, I like the under here. I don't see a lot of points. Lakers <laughs> defense have actually been pretty solid. I think they're top 10 as well so far. Both defenses have a, you know, a decent profile. We're not making shots in either team. The Lakers can hit threes. The Clippers apparently can't shoot threes. Like they're just not just picking them for yeah. some reason. So yeah, it's it's a mess. I'll take an under in that one just to go head to head with you. But yeah, you're over on Pacers, uh, Jazz, or shall we say Nuggets? Like that's an old <laughs> ABA game, like straight out of the the 70s or 80s. Like you know, we we might get like a 140, 137 sort of score in that one. So that's gonna be fun. Even, even though that lines like the total seems high, we could clear that by 20 points easy if these teams really get going. So yeah. your boy Halliburton should have another big night. Oh yeah, we'll be talking about him later. <laughs> <laughs> we will. So what I, do you what do you like tonight? Yeah, well, I like the team that you want to like that you keep talking about, but not actually taking. I like the Jazz. So I wrote of the Jazz at Action Network last week. I read about how the Jazz are losing the tanking battle by winning with math. So I, I kind of painted the picture there. But basically, I don't think Utah is actually winning because their guys are suddenly great, like Larry Markinen and other name we'll talk about later. Their guys are playing well, but they're not like, oh, wow, the Jazz have four all-stars now. Look at the Jazz go. It's more that they're just loading up on the math equations in their favor. So here's what I mean by that. Utah ranks top five in three points attempted and fewest three point attempted on defense. So when I did the math on it, basically they were averaging five three pointers a game more than the opponent, which is like a 15 point head start in any game. And then they also are uh, top five in turnovers forced and top five in offensive rebounding, which obviously both of those mean more possessions. So they're basically just gaming the math by getting more possessions and then, you know, three is greater than two. They're doing that thing. So I made a list in the article of seven teams that I felt like were vulnerable to Utah math and the Atlanta Hawks, who are their opponent on Wednesday night are very strongly on that list because the Atlanta Hawks apparently are allergic to three pointers. Atlanta is 29th out of 30 teams and three point attempt rate for the season. Pretty much. Ray is the one taking them and he's not making them. He's like 30% and we don't know if he's playing on Wednesday with the injury. Atlanta also is fourth worst defensive rebounding. So Utah should mash on the glass. And then Atlanta is in the bottom quarter of the league forcing turnovers. So that kind of offsets the turnover thing with Utah. So I I like Utah. I think they're plus four. I will probably look to take the money line too. I still don't know if I really believe the Jazz are good. I just believe the Jazz are winning with math. And in certain matchups, like we hit them against the Clippers and Lakers over the weekend. God bless that trip to LA. Like that was a <laughs> profitable turn for Utah. And look, Atlanta is on the list. New York, sorry, your Knicks are on the list. We know yeah. that they don't shoot a lot of threes. So that's coming up soon. Uh, New Orleans, who they already beat, they're coming up in a couple of weeks. 
The Clippers, they've got twice more soon. That's another vulnerable opponent. Minnesota, who they've beat, I believe, twice already, is, is again in a couple of weeks. I don't think Utah's going away. Like, uh, again, I don't know if they're going to be the one seed all year. Uh, I'll go on a record and suggest that perhaps they might not be. Bold but, take there. Yeah, bold <laughs> take, bold take. But uh, I will take them to cover and beat the Hawks on Wednesday night. Yeah, I like that play a lot. And guys, definitely check that article out. It was very well written and kind of explains the the nerd aspect of it for you. So uh, we got the Jazz doing common core out there in Utah. Uh, <laughs> but you know they're, they're having a great time. But the reason, so our picks for tonight are the Pacers Nuggets over 235, the Lakers plus five, a little bit of the under at 221 and a half and the Utah Jazz plus four and the money line is plus 144 right now on FanDuel. Um, but the reason we I wanted to bring Brandon on is like we love these big picture talks and these conversations that we can have about the season as a whole, like and kind of looking at things from a bird's eye view. We're about 10 games ish in. So it's that's like give or take 10 percent or what, 12 percent of the season or so. Um, so we're, we've got a decent sample size right now. You can kind of tell like a little bit about these teams um, and like how they are what we should expect moving forward. So what we did was we, we had a conversation before and I know, I kind of know Brandon stuff just because he has put out an article about it uh, that you guys can check out on the action app and the action network uh, website and all that jazz. And Brandon, I'm sure will tweet it out and I will simultaneously retweet it. Um, but the idea of this is we're going to talk about who would be winning these awards and who would be on the all-star roster right now. So it's not about, you know, who we think will be uh, when, you know, we're like halfway through the season. It's about like what we're seeing right now and who's like, who's good, who's winning. What is our takeaway from that? So we're, I I think it's more fun. We'll start with some all-star stuff and I'm really, really curious to see, you know, uh, how, what Brandon thinks of my roster here. Uh, <laughs> but Brandon, you, you want to start with the East or the West? Uh, let's start with the West because right. the West for, for many years, for like most of my adult life, the West has been the loaded conference and the one that it's impossible to make the all-star team on. And one of my big picture takeaways from doing this exercise, like I like to just sit down and hammer it out, make the list, give me my 12, give me the cuts and everything. And the West picture was, was, Honestly, it was hard to find 12 guys that I wanted on the team. I I would have happily had like a 10-man all-star team. Whereas the East, I had 12. I had like four more cuts that I didn't love and then like eight more names to come. So let's do West. And then I think the East is more interesting after that. Yeah, I'm 100% there with you. And guys, like part of our idea with this too is it's like which of these guys are really like excelling right now. So it's also a little bit of is this actionable or like, have we found a way to make each of these guys actionable? Maybe, maybe some futures or something like that with it. So uh, give me your, give me your starters for the, or do, yeah, give me your starters for the West. Yeah. All right. So I, I fudged a little bit here. I'm usually pretty stickler on like following all the position rules and everything. But what I noticed out West is that the forwards, man, can we get some forwards in the West? Like I had a really hard time coming with guys. So I fudged a little bit here and I moved two guys who are bigger, who on basketball reference, they have like some percentage of forward. So I got Luka Doncic and Shea Gilgis Alexander are my starting Western forwards, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Luka, Luka counts for sure. Shea, he's like a wing player. Sure. So Luka and Shea, Steph and Dame are my starting guards. And then of course, Nikola Jokic at center. So Steph, Dame, 
Luca, Shay, and Jokic are the five. Yeah, we are honestly almost the same. I tried to not bend the rules as much because <laughs> like the lawyer in me was like wanting me to, but I wasn't sure if I should. Uh, and the guy it's I, I, I wound up leaving off. Uh, I wound up leaving off Ja for this. And I had because I'm like looking at the forwards and I know who somebody is not a center and that somebody is Anthony Davis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, had, I'll be honest. When I say I fudge the numbers and I'm usually a rule follower, like I am a stickler to following the rules on these. But the only other choice I had for a starting forward was Anthony Davis. And I was like, yeah. no, 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 I'm not breaking the rules. I'm not starting Anthony Davis. I'm not starting LeBron James. I'm making Luca and Shea forwards. But yeah, like yeah, in actuality, in actuality, LeBron will start because he's going to have like the, sure. he's going to be like the number one vote getter. But like, but like for purposes of this exercise, uh, yeah, like I, I just felt like it's hard to get away from AD. Like his defense has actually been really good. He's averaging like over three and a half stocks a game and he's putting up points. He's, you know, he's, he's shooting threes, whether he's making them or not is its own question. Uh, but he's averaging, you know, he's averaging a double, double still. And he's, and it's all for the Lakers. So I, I've, there's been some times where you see him like be truly dominant on both sides of the ball, but then there's other times where he just is like literally laying down on the ground because he fell. Um, so, <laughs> no, that's so. true. Like I, I talked about this in the article, but I noticed too his shot diet. I think is a lot a lot healthier diet of shots this year. Like yeah. I don't know that he's necessarily making the mid range and three pointer much more. Like we saw that was just incredible in the bubble, and then has disappeared since then. I'm not really sure that that has gotten a lot better. What's gotten better is he's just not taking them now. He's he's shooting closer to the basket and yeah. doing the big men things he's supposed to be doing. And, you know, a lot of the advanced metrics, like, you know, I love my BPMs and VORPs and all of those things. Anthony Davis, by the metrics, is the Lakers' best player. Like, I feel like the story we're getting in the media is, get LeBron some help. Can we get the poor old man a little help? And, like, We'll, we'll probably get to LeBron eventually here, but yeah. Anthony Davis to me is not the problem. I, I think you're getting out of Davis for the most part, what you're hoping to get out of him. I think yeah. the problem is down the roster, but also maybe the top of the roster, like, or, or maybe the answer is Anthony Davis needs to be the top of the roster. Now as LeBron turns 170 in basketball years, like maybe Davis needs to be the MVP guy. He certainly is not that right now, no. but he's definitely an all-star. Yeah, he definitely, they need him to be scoring probably like 25 plus points a game as opposed to like 23. And I know that sounds marginal, but that's a, that's still a big difference on like a night to night basis. So uh, I, I, I'm with you there. And then for my bench, I, SGA, wait, wait, so, like, so you had Davis and then who are your other starters? Oh, it was um, Curry, Luca. SGA and Jokic. Um, So obviously then like my bench, I started off with Ja and then I have Dame. And then I really struggled position wise for the bench, uh, honestly. And I I wound up with Dame, Ja, Bain, uh, then Booker. Okay, so let me me stop you there because I I have my list at bench must-haves and that's the cutoff right there. Ja, for me, Ja... Booker. Did you say Booker? Booker. Yeah. Yeah. Job Booker, Anthony Davis and Bain are my four must haves. Like okay. we need to talk about three of them and you had Dame on yours. He's I already in my starting lineup. So we're basically the same there. 
Desmond Bain, though, he's the ninth guy on my team. I think he's basically ninth on yours. Yeah. But I think he is clearly an all star right now. Dude. One month in, he has to be on the all star team. His biceps could be the ninth and tenth <laughs> roster spots on the all star team. Like, dude is in great shape, uh, especially this season. Like, he even said, like, he wanted to put in a little bit more emphasis on being like in shape for this season, which I thought was crazy. But the dude is just a sniper. I mean, it, it, like, and it really helps that Memphis team who like, it's almost surprising. I'm like a little surprised that they're like as good as they are like record wise anyway. Um, but, you know, he's been instrumental to that, especially without Jaron Jackson Jr. So I, I'm glad that we all kind of agree. And it's just like, it's not the most exciting tier of players right there. But I think they all it's just, have, they just all have to be on, I think. Yeah. So, so um, for me, it- I would be pretty content just drawing a line. Like we're done. End of, end of West All-Stars. That's my nine guys. But again, you're a lawyer. So I followed the rules. We got to pick 12. I feel fine with my 10th guy. Like, sure, we'll be happy with them. Yeah. I don't really, I didn't really want my 11th and 12th guy. So I'm curious, who are your last three to make the team here? My last three to make it in were, uh, I have LeBron. Um, just cause I was Heard like, he's, there's just no way he's not getting in there. Uh, and then <laughs> I, I also have LeBron because I did not want to have my name on an article that did not choose LeBron <laughs> as an all-star and get cold taked into oblivion. It's just like impossible to not have him there. Um, <laughs> it, like even if he doesn't care about basketball, he's still better than the rest of these people. <laughs> like right yeah. now. Uh, then I had, I, I, I was looking at this and I was struggling, but I put Laurie Markin in on the, on the roster. Um, at least right now, like we're 10 games in the season and the dude is just, he just keeps scoring. I mean, like his defense isn't great, but you know, that's, that's what you get with Laurie Markkinen and, you know, maybe the bulls traded their, uh, they got rid of their all-star over there. Like they didn't need him anymore. <laughs> so I had him. And then my last guy, I, I put Zion in there and mm. it's, you know, nobody was that th- exciting for me. That was like left in the West. And one of the things that I thought was interesting about Zion is like, he's, he's helping to facilitate this team is like really, really good. And I think that it's almost like suppresses his numbers in my opinion, in a way, like he's not, he doesn't, he's not really needed to be the guy that goes out there and scores like 30 points a game, but he's still putting up like pretty solid stats. I mean, he's averaging 23 points, uh, 23 points, seven, basically seven rebounds and four assists. Um, and he's putting up defensive stats. So, and I actually thought one of the things that was most surprising about Zion this season was in the years prior, he had been in like the upper, uh, say like 30%, 30% in terms of points per shot attempt this year. He's like bad, actually. Yeah. He's, he's like down at like 29th percentile for his position. And I think that that's one of those things that's probably going to change and not that we're like I said, we're this is over our first 10 games, but like the looks he's getting are good, like he's getting good opportunities. And I, I think he's going to I think he might be poised for like a little bit more of an explosion uh, moving down the stretch. So uh, he's an exciting player and he was much more exciting than the other names I had in my <laughs> on my maybes or like almost uh, who are your yeah. last guys in? Yeah, I, I couldn't put Zion on the list basically for the reasons you said. It's a little worrisome to me. I think he's at 54% on two-pointers right now, which obviously yeah. like that's all of his shots because he's not shooting threes. Yeah. And he was he was, I think, 62% the last time that we saw him. Like his superpower is you see the shot chart on the screen, and it's just like green dots all right around the red. basket. Yeah, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, no Nothing red. else is on there. So it's like 
it, your two point percentage when that's your entire game and your touch around the rim, that's everything. So I, I don't disagree with you. I hope that this is just, Hey, I haven't played for a minute. I'm getting back into game shape and whatever. But again, normally a normal rule follower here, like I'm picking just on these 10 or 12 games so far. I think Ingram probably is the more deserving Pelican if you're going to pick one. And I'm not even yeah. a huge Brandon Ingram fan, but his numbers have been pretty good. Um, I I agreed with two of your three final picks. I, I talked about LeBron, uh, just some of the numbers with LeBron, uh, a, a little worrisome. Well, we'll see. I don't know if it's just like he's finally showing the age or he's finally showing my team blows. Can I get some help? But among players with at least 100 minutes played, He's 38th in box plus minus, which is, you know, like 36 spots lower than we're used to, even on a bad year. So 3.0 is by far his lowest since rookie season. A 51% true shooting. Man, that is not a LeBron number that we are used to seeing. Like, that's a rough number. Also lowest since rookie season. 21% on threes and his second most threes, which is a rough combo. That should come up a little bit and help the uh, the shooting percentage, but lowest points per game since rookie season, fewest free throws ever. That to me, that's a distinct aging thing of just not quite getting to the rim as much. I mean, look, the man, the man has miles on him. He's basically yeah. my age and I can barely get out of bed in the morning some days. So <laughs> no slander here, but yeah, put him on the all-star team. I agree. Lowry, especially in our quote unquote season, this is the end and the jazz are the one seed. The, like, I'm not about like, oh, we got to reward the teams. But if the Jazz are the one seed, you got to give them an all star in Utah, one. too. We're sending them to Utah. So Lowry has to be on the team. I, I gave him the spot. My yeah. last spot. And Joe, I think you and I did all star teams at the break last year on buckets. We did. Yeah. And I believe I had this exact same thing where on the West, I was like, oh, I have to pick one more. Okay, fine. I will pick Paul George. And that was exactly what I did it again here. I was like, well, Sure. Paul George, he's pretty good, right? Let's put him on the team. So I didn't love it. I I looked at Ingram, I mentioned Towns, but I don't really feel like the Timberwolves deserve an all-star. No. Chris Paul, like the advanced numbers are good, but he's scoring like negative 12 points a game. (laughs) I don't Um, even think he's shooting. (laughs) No, he's not. I wanted to tug myself into De'Aaron Fox because that's my long shot. I had him on the list. Yeah, He was on my list, but just I, I did PG. Yeah, uh, I did consider sure Devin Vassell and Al Shangun here. Oh, so, love him. <laughs> I mean, I didn't really, really, but like, I don't know if it says more about PG and Ingram and these guys that they were on the list with Vassell and Shangun, or it says more about those two that they're <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know where we're at. On you know, it's funny about that yeah. too. Like I can guarantee you that anybody else on the Rockets would not think that Shangun is the guy that's most worthy of being an all-star. Oh, no, he absolutely is. And he is. He is. I'm saying that Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. probably don't think so. (laughs) Yeah, look, in in real life here, none of this is going to be a problem because LeBron will be a starter. Anthony Davis will probably be a starter. Zion will be a starter, maybe. Well, they can't all be because they won't all. Well, maybe maybe that's the three vote getters. Yeah, Clay Thompson might start. Clay Thompson True. should not start Curry, for his actual yeah. NBA team right now. Like Draymond or Rudy Gobert might make the list. There's a lot of reputation guys that will make it, but I don't think any of those names are even like none of those were close to the list for me. No, I, I like didn't really have any of them even really on the list. Um, but and that's just the West. So the East, I think, is much, much more interesting. 
And uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see your starters because I think that we're a little – I think we might be different. I don't know if it's at the starters or at the bench, but okay. I, I think that we're going to have some different different people here. Um, who are your starters for the East? All right. Well, I thought that on the East, I had four clear starters for me and then a fifth one where I just kind of followed the rules and grabbed a guard. So the surefire starters, Giannis, obviously, yep. Jason Tatum, Donovan yep. Mitchell, Pascal Siakam, even though he would miss our hypothetical all-star game with his injury right now. True. But <laughs> he, he was my fourth one and I needed a guard. And so I, I considered your boy, but I went with Drew Holiday in our theoretical season the Milwaukee Bucks almost ran the gauntlet and went undefeated the entire season until <laughs> losing last night on the brink of an undefeated season. So holiday has been great. Always a deserving all-star. You and I love him. We always talk him up on our podcast. So yeah, happy to let him have a start for once, but that was my five. Who did you? Yeah, have? I had the same besides drew. I had, yeah. uh, I had, I had Halliburton in starting lineup. I just of think that he's, <laughs> he's just been so good. Like he's eviscerating these defenses. He's averaging basically 20 points a game, 10 assists. He's averaged uh, like almost five rebounds and like multiple steals. Like he's been really, really good. And I get like his defense isn't good, but it's like, since when do we care about the defense in the NBA? Like apparently except for like the playoffs or like Drew Holiday. So it's just, it's just one of those. And I think that he, you know, he's like a younger guy. And like, if you're going to like, I'm kind of splitting it a little bit and giving the Pacers uh, an all-star or at least a starter anyway, yeah. where like they're right now, like they're in the playoffs. They're, they're in the play, the postseason right now. They're the eight seed. And uh, you know, the Bucks already have a starter in Giannis for me. Um, yeah, I'm fine with it. I, I was very close to starting Halliburton. I, I knew that you would, since I was close, I knew that you would give him the extra bump, <laughs> but uh, you're, you're big on all Halliburton stock, Halliburton props. And like, he's been blowing up for you. So he's been good. He's been he, great. He really, yeah. It's the, just to add to it. Like, this is not just Joe keeping his Halliburton love alive. Like he, he has been that good. He is all-star starter worthy in the East, not in the West. Cause the yeah. West has all those loaded guards out there. Yeah, but I mean, the man's been really good. I, I thought about again if I was just choosing the top five, like I put just put Kevin Durant in my five and like yeah. move the lineup around. But I, I don't think Durant is a starter. Did you did you consider Durant over any of your other starters? Uh, I thought about it at first, and then I was like, oh wait, Siakam. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, yeah, That's I was like, yeah, like it. it just. <laughs> I, I was like, it just it just can't be, and like it's not Durant's fault because like I'm sure you have him on your bench, but like sure. it's. It's just it's like it's not his fault. It's just like the Nets are a dumpster fire, and it's just yeah. like what like what are you supposed to do? So like I I had uh, I had Durant on my bench like must haves, and yeah. then I also had Drew Holiday, James Harden if he was healthy I had there, yeah. and then I also had Dejounte Murray. Um, I feel like he has been like excellent, excellent, excellent for the Hawks, and you know, you see, like, he's still that usage usage monster, like, he, like, when Trey missed against the Bucks on Monday night, uh, which, you know, some of us may have noticed, but, um, but, uh, hey, come on now, I try to watch, listen, I tried to watch all 30 teams play, we never had it happen in NBA history before, yeah. so I was like, oh, we're staggering all the starts by 50 minutes, cool, I'll watch the first 50 minutes of every game, first flaw, the beginning of the night, woof on the schedule. Bad. Like we started out with like, what was it? Like Charlotte, Magic, Washington yeah. or something, something like that. I was like five minutes in, I was already out. And then like the first like three games, 
We had Orlando, Houston, which, you know, it's at least fun for a while. We had, I don't know, just all the bad teams, get them out of the way. But by like two and a half hours in, my eyes were glazed over. I was flipping over to my 10th game, like every 15 <laughs> minutes, flip, flip it over. Give me a new NBA league pass. And like two and a half hours in, I was like, hold on a minute. I don't actually know anything I've seen so far. Like I've learned nothing about any players or teams. I thought I was going to quick check in on every team. No. And I guess I, I was prepping for this also. So I was learning, but I was learning from like basketball reference stats, not from yeah. the stuff on my screen. <laughs> you played so, yourself. Yeah, the, the, the point that you're making is, as we talked about offline, I was completely unaware that Trey Young <laughs> did not play in the game that I watched at least a half an hour of last night. So and Brandon had like an me. all Brandon had an all time jinx uh, in the Slack. Like he's just like the Bucks are really good because they were up <laughs> by like thirty, and then they lost. <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah like uh, somewhere around like half an hour into the game i slacked the bucks are really good guys feel free to update your power ratings and then like two hours later the bucks were suddenly losing by 15 after their 9-0 and start to the season so i, I went ahead and updated the bucks are bad feel free to update your power ratings everyone. exactly so it, was, it was a good two-hour round milwaukee had yeah i figured everybody would enjoy that but uh yeah so he 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 rounded out my must-haves in the east so it was Dejounte okay. drew Harden and Durant were my bench must-haves. Yeah, so I'm basically the exact same as you, except I had Drew starting, but I had Durant, Halliburton as my two top must-haves. I had DeJounte and Harden, pretty clear choices. Harden, if he kept starting and was healthy, maybe, probably gets my last starter spot over Holiday and Halliburton. The only difference here is I had one more must-have on my list, okay, and that was Jimmy Butler. Uh, Butler has been not as good as he was the last couple of years, but Butler, like I'm supposed to hate him because I'm a Wolves fan and a Bulls fan. And he has completely screwed over both of my teams on his way out. I kind of like the old Sixers team. He did that to them too. Like the man burns down his bridges, but he's just really good, really, really good. And like, I thought he was the MVP of the playoffs last year. He dragged a team that was doing nothing to within one shot of the finals. It's insane. And like he he's playing, not right now, not this season in 10 games, but he has been a top 10 player in the NBA. And we just kind of leave him out of the list for some reason. We kind of forget about him. So like he I believe didn't he even not make the all-star team last year? I think one of the so, last yeah. two years. He just missed entirely. Like it's just like ridiculous. one of those things. Yeah. You you like look at it and you're just like, how do these guys like not make the all-star team? Like it happens in baseball a lot too, where like I remember there was like the years where like it was like Jeter, A-Rod, and Garcia Parra were all yeah. in the American League. And it was just like somebody was missing. And it was like never A-Rod. So like it was and like, it was never Jeter. Yeah. So I mean like <laughs> so Garcia no Parra. Yeah. It was it was, Stay it home was with crazy. Mia Ham and hang out. Yeah, right. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what there, are, there are worse punishments, I guess. If you're gonna miss the All-Star game, if you have to spend spend the evening with Mia Ham hanging out watching instead, you're probably probably yeah. The worst things happen to you. That's a win, honestly. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but now I think this is where we're going to get interesting in our our end of yeah. the roster for the East. So, I'm we. I wish this was video so that way you guys could see Brandon's <laughs> face, like when he sees what I'm saying here. I, I, I left Embiid like kind of off because he's been hurt. And I wanted to just cause chaos. So I 
am going with, I, I think that honestly, Paolo should be an all-star uh, the way he's played. Like, I think he's been good enough uh, and like his impact and he's exciting. Like, I, I think that it's, that's all like matters. I have Jalen Brunson. Of on course there you do. I was, Knicks, I was prepared for it. Of course you do. Because Knicks. But, but I mean, like his minutes have actually been crazy. Like he's been so good. And like, it's not his fault that Tibbs just continues to play the worst rotations I've ever seen in my life. Like I, I wrote about this in the player props forecast, but the starting lineup for the Knicks and the bench lineup. So the two most used lineups for the Knicks both have negative point differentials basically every other lineup has been good because they're only like a minus one on the season. So, and actually now at the, at this point in the season, they are five and five. Their five losses are to above 500 teams. Their five wins are to below 500 teams (laughs) and ready for this. They have a zero point differential. Perfect. It's absolutely perfect. The the Knicks are the NBA litmus test. They they look in the mirror and tell you what you are. (laughs) So I had, I had Brunson because he's elevated us. Um, And I, I actually went with a third buck. I went with Brooke Lopez. Okay. And I think that he's been, he's been insane. Like he's, he's been Excellent, excellent, excellent on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that that's been a big reason why Giannis has also been so good because like you're getting both of them and Giannis isn't forced to like try to play drop because like I just honestly don't think he can do it. Like he, he was not good as the center playing drop. And, you know, he's like a wrecking ball out there. Otherwise, like when he knows he has Brooke Lopez at the center position. So Lopez is doing that. He's doing all like the little things like really well. And the Bucks almost ran the table. So I feel comfortable like putting a third buck there, especially when you really look at it and you're like, it's not Chris Middleton because they're doing this without Middleton. Yeah. So, and a lot of that's because Lopez has been so good. He's been so good defensively and he's been so efficient and I think it really shows that like he probably wasn't healthy last season yeah. and it like now he's, he's healthy and like, he's kind of a problem for, uh, for other teams. So though that was my kind of weird three and like, obviously like Embiid will be there, but uh, for the sake of this exercise, I was like, I'm going to leave him off. <laughs> so I left Embiid off too. He, he was my last cut. And, and I think just because I wanted the incendiary take of leaving Joel Embiid off my all-star team, Fair. I believe I believe last year when I did this exercise, I also left Embiid off, but not as a take. Like he was so bad at the beginning that I just didn't even think about him. Like he didn't even make the list of possible guys. Like when I sorted by stats and whatever, yeah. he just wasn't around. I was like, like I had like four or five people in my mentions that were just like burning fire on me for trying to make a point by leaving Embiid off. And I, I didn't want to break it to them. I was like, I'm not trying to make a point. I, I just forgot like he hasn't been good enough no and let's recall the man finished second in mvp voting so he obviously turned the corner once he got healthy and going he's not there yet so i had him off my list especially because i have we both have harden on the all-star team i'm yeah. not giving the sixers two all-stars no so, they're they're in 10th so yeah they're they are not a two all-star team right now no. so Embiid is out as per joe and brandon tradition picking all-star teams I had to leave DeMar DeRozan off my list. I did that <laughs> last year also, even though he was a starter and clearly deserved it by the end of the year. Um, 
You didn't even mention Trey Young. I didn't have Trey Young on my team either. Thought about it, but yeah. Yeah, I had Brooke Lopez on the list. Like he's in the mix of these guys. So you mentioned the Bucks almost ran the table, and that was why they needed a third all-star. So here's my case. I've got two picks left because you don't have Jimmy Butler. He was already one of my three. There's another team that almost ran the table. Last night, Monday yeah. night, they came within uh, like a minute of winning and then blew it late. And then on opening night, they led most of the way and then blew it late. Otherwise, the Cleveland Cavaliers also would have run the table so far. You only have one Cavalier All-Star. So if we're picking almost ran the table All-Stars, I need a second Cavs All-Star. I love my guy, Evan Mobley, but he's not an All-Star yet. I'm taking Kevin Love, baby. Bring him off the bench, off of my bench. Kevin Love is awesome. And he's putting up crazy numbers right now. He's fifth in the entire NBA in box plus minus. If you look at per 36 numbers, he's averaging 22, 14, and four and a half dimes, 65% true shooting. He's defending his, uh, like, he he only plays 20 minutes a game, so nobody cares. And he's Kevin Love, so nobody cares. (laughs) And he's in Cleveland, so nobody cares. But he's awesome and has been so good. And I'll just, spoiler alert right now, when we get to sixth man of the year, Kevin Love is miles better and more important than anyone else. And he is destined to become my Joe Ingles seventh man of the year, sixth man of the year pick that I like (laughs) stump for the entire year, even though I know in my heart of hearts, he is never going to win this. Yeah. I think that that's a fair point. And like, it's kind of one of those things with Kevin Love. It's just like, is he going to get hurt at any point? Cause like it does, but right now I think that that's fair. Like he's been awesome. Uh, And you know, the Cavs love him. So yeah. I, I, I agree with that. And then uh, did you, you said, did you oh, yeah. Then one more? My last one is Fred Van Vliet. Honestly, okay. surprised me because it, I didn't feel like he had been that good, but the Raptors have been fantastic. Yeah. And by the numbers, like I, I would have thought before digging in, I would have thought like, oh, maybe Scotty will be on this team or maybe OG Anobi. He's been really good. Van Vliet is still their second best player. He's under 40% from the field, but it's because he can't make twos because he's tiny. But he hits threes like like nothing else. He still defends really well. Uh, I, I'm happy to have him on the team. So I like uh, yeah. that. I, I looked at Brad Beal. Obviously, like we mentioned Embiid, DeRozan, Trey Young, Bradley Beal. I honestly didn't really consider Jalen Brown that much. Like he no. wasn't really so close. But in the real thing, he'll be in there. Chris Middleton hasn't played. Zach Levine is going to be in the mix eventually. Like. The East yeah. is loaded, man. Like there are like 10 more guys. I did have Brunson a little further down my list, but he, he's <laughs> in there. Um, I honestly, yeah. you told me that I was going to be, to be ready to, to be surprised. I truly thought that you might choose Buddy Heald for your all-star team. Did oh, you look wow, at Buddy yeah. at all? I, he was like somebody that I was thinking about. Cause I mean that the team is like, their offense is just crazy. Yeah. So it's not totally unreasonable, but I mean, if the Laker, if we did include him and then the Lakers caught wind, then they'd be like, well, we're trading for an all-star. Trading for all-star. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Maybe that's, we should have just, that was the solution right there. I should have started Buddy Heald on the Western all-star team in place of LeBron. And then that just like, just, just throw all the fireworks in there. (laughs) The only thing is like, if that happened, honestly, like buddy might give Curry a run for his money on our. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) He already is second. I think he's at 4.23 is a game right now, which is like, uh... which doesn't really resonate because Steph just puts up five, like it's nothing. 
but yeah. four yeah 4.23s on 42 percent 10 three-pointers a game like that is historic for, for anyone that is not Stephen Curry that is an all-time great three-point season yeah and we still don't even care because it's the Pacers and we're like who's gonna trade for him get somebody else get buddy like as a you're a LeBron is the goat guy yeah I'm uh a not that let's say so I really, really don't need Buddy in LeBron's life out in LA. I really could happily <laughs> not have him have a knockdown shooter like that on the roster. I think honestly, like the Lakers would probably be exponentially better just having like a guy like that on the team because LeBron just always seems to put them in the most open position ever. Like there's just like an island, like like you know where they're shooting from. So yeah, uh, but it's, so it's that, like if you took. Matt Ryan from the Lakers roster and like you know on like the Ninja Turtles when the green ooze spills on the turtles and then they just like explode into the actual Ninja Turtles and it turns into the buddy healed is Matt Ryan when the green ooze hits him and just turns him into like super <laughs> splinter Ninja Turtle mode that's that's a perfect explanation for this <laughs> so um yeah so those are our all-star rosters and you know I think that they're they're pretty similar, but also like, you know, the, I think some of the reasoning behind it is like a little bit different, but uh, you know, like you said, like there's going to be certain guys that we see like fall off of this, you know, or, or move into these lists or just by virtue of the voting, like in the East Embiid is going to be voted probably on at least at, if not as a starter, but like he's going to get a ton of votes. Like I, I'd struggle to see him not getting voted. Yeah, He'll on. start. He'll definitely be a starter. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think that you're looking at in terms of like, automatic starters you're probably looking at Giannis Embiid Tatum Mitchell and like maybe Harden like you're already there like that it's crazy but like you're like those like positions or I guess Durant maybe but like that oh, yeah. means no, that Durant will be a starter for sure yeah. if he's healthy so that means like out of our starters um Halliburton so Tatum, probably Tatum, Durant yeah. Embiid Tatum Durant Embiid probably get the votes yeah. And then and, you have uh, Siakam. Everyone in everyone in Canada will cry because they can't get enough votes for Siakam. But look, we're there. He's not getting more votes than Durant or Tatum or NBA. It's just not happening. Well, and I think that's the interesting thing because then you're. Oh, and Giannis. We didn't say miss. Giannis. Yeah. I would say one of them has to miss because you have Giannis. You're right. Like Giannis is going to lead the. He's going to lead in votes. Like he's he's that popular. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know who's so going to Tatum miss. might get left out then, or maybe Embiid will get left off. I'm not sure. Yeah. So I, I think that's going to be a really interesting it's it's going to be a really interesting one to watch actually um and with the voting talk you know today was election day or yesterday was election day and i put out a poll uh so it should be good for until about 6 p.m wednesday on november 9th so take a take a gander at that if you want to put your votes in see how this goes but i put out a vote for each of the awards um, and what I'll do is I'll talk about the what we currently have at 8.16 p.m. Eastern time uh, on on Tuesday. And we can kind of go through what our picks are, uh, who we think is winning and, uh, you know, what we think of the kind of the poll results right now anyway. So let's start with let's start with like a let's start with an easy one. Let's start with a layup. Uh, okay. who's your NBA rookie of the year, Brandon? <laughs> yeah, yeah th this is a layup and a slam dunk. It, it, it's Paolo, like 23 and a half points, eight and a half boards, three and a half assists. He's played 11 games and has yet to score fewer than 15 in any game, which 
I saw a list of players that have done that. I forget what it was, but it was three other guys. And it was like MJ, LeBron, somebody else, and Paolo to start your career. <laughs> it's like a list you definitely want to be on. So yeah. like it, a, it's, it's, it's over. If, if he stays healthy, it's over. The crazy thing is Ben McMatherin is really good. So better good. numbers than I thought. And like quality rookie of the year numbers. So if Paolo steps back, uh, he won't. If Paolo gets hurt, yeah, Matherin, I think, is yeah. and like Matherin's numbers will get better because he's going to end up starting at some point too, probably. Yeah, and actually, so that was one of the things I'll get into Matherin in the next one that we talk about. But I have I have Matherin as like a clear second, I think, for this award right yeah, now for sure. Um, but Paolo has just been crazy, and it's one of those like we I think we all talked about this in the off season and even like right before the season, he was like two and a half to one. And it was like, this is a good bet. Like it's, you have to bet it now. Like it will be a minus number in like a month. And here we are a month later and it's like <laughs> yeah. minus a thousand. Yeah, I, said <laughs> like, I, was gonna, I, I said it will be a minus number by December. And I thought I was looking all bold and prophetic by saying that. And literally one weekend of the season, he was a minus number. And now it's like minus a billion to you. Like, just don't even bother anymore. Yeah. And like, it's crazy because Matherin is averaging like 19 points, yeah. almost 20 points on like 40% shooting from three, which is insane. And uh, I, I'm going to just pivot right from this award. And the voters agreed with us. Uh, okay. So far, we've got 72 votes. It's only been up for like an hour. 83% said Palo. Okay. Uh, of the options, it was Paolo, Matherin, and then, Murray, and Ivy. So eighty-three percent said Paolo, and then seventeen percent said I have not watched the NBA this season. Is that that's yeah, what we got? Basically, and not so many, <laughs> and not so many words. Actually, Matherin had eight percent, Murray has four percent, and Ivy has five percent. Okay, um, so yeah, I don't even I don't even know who who is third. I, I didn't really. I just did a top two on this one. I, I don't like. It's a huge drop to anybody it, else. It was a clear top two to me. Um, as well. So, uh, right, that so do your math and pivot. Cause I know where you're headed. Yeah. So uh, this is, this takes me to sixth man of the year actually. And the options that I gave on the poll were Russell Benchbrook. Uh, that's what we call him now. It's just, right. I don't, I make the rules actually for this one. Um, <laughs> Russell Benchbrook, Jordan Poole, Christian Wood, and Malcolm Brogdon. The voting was actually pretty like split on this one so far. Westbrook with 37%, Pool 27%, Wood 17%, and Brogdon 19%. Um, I don't think that there's value, honestly, on like any of these guys right now. Like maybe a little bit on Pool, but like even then, like not really. He's still only like five to one. Um, and this is the pivot for Matherin. If Matherin doesn't start, he's 25 to one. So you're obviously assuming that the Pacers make a trade. In the event that they don't make a trade and they're just like, oh, like maybe we're like kind of good enough right now. Like we'll like we'll just try to be in the play in uh, with Buddy and Miles Turner. Like they're not they're not like terrible, you know, like if, the, if they're going to actually play the guys that they have on the roster. Um, if Matherin's coming off the bench scoring almost 20 points a game on 40 percent shooting from three, that like literally fits the mold of a sixth man of the year. And he's 25 to one and there is precedent for a rookie winning. I think it's happened once before. Oh. So I think, uh, so mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't think that it's totally, I don't think it's totally, totally out of the question. And, and I mean, look for a six man of the year. The thing that you want normally is you want a shooting guard gunner to just come off the bench and start sh firing shots up. Like Matherin is precisely that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah it, it was Ben sense. Gordon, Ben Gordon. Oh. 
as a Interesting. rookie. So, you know, yeah, I don't that think was going to be my case against you is I, I didn't think that a rookie could win it, but I did not look back far enough to see Ben Gordon there. Yeah. 2004, 2000, funny story about Ben Gordon. I did, uh, you know, like did one of those like boardwalk games where the, like, you shoot the basketball or whatever. And the guy was like, if you give me 20 bucks, like I'll just get like, you can have a Jersey no matter what. Like, and I was like, all right, like, great. It's a great deal. Uh, so I did, he was like, you don't have to make it like whatever, but like I picked the Jersey. So, um, I did it. I missed because I'm not Jeremy Lin. And um, he gave me a double XL Ben Gordon jersey. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I shit. I was like 12. <laughs> it did not. Like, what even team? What team Ben Gordon did you get? Bulls. <laughs> like, okay. It, like, I mean, at so... least it wasn't a Pistons Gordon jersey. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a Bulls one. It was a Bulls one. But, um, you know, just for the stats, though, he did. Uh, he did average 15.1 points that season. So back in 2004, 2005, that was a lot more. That was a that's, lot. that's probably like 20 now, honestly. Yeah, probably. So uh, there is some precedent for a rookie winning sixth man of the year. Um, but what, what do you like for sixth man? Because I think you teased it already, honestly. Yeah, I mean, my, my vote personally would be for Kevin Love. Like that's kind of useless because he's not going to win this. But basically in my article, like I queued up as this is the award to watch. I think this is the one as betters. I don't have a great bet for you right now, but this is the soft market. I think I, yeah. I don't believe we know who the winner is right now. I, I would love, love for it to be Russell Westbrook. We got our hundred to one tickets out here, just sitting and waiting yeah. on it. So limited to ten dollars. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'd love to get my hundred to one in the action app credit at the very least Fair. on that one. Fair bet. So sixteen six and six, and the numbers are climbing. I know you've written about how the numbers even better when he's when he's bench broke, not you know not starting there significantly. But, yeah. He might get traded. He might get exiled. He might move back in the starting lineup. Like there's a lot of reasons that could go wrong. Mm -hmm. I think probably Jordan Poole is the most likely answer. He's not even shooting or playing well right now, but he's no, still he's like 15 bad. a game. Yeah it's, yeah, it's bad. His his uh, his on off per 100 minutes right now is a minus 30. Do you yeah, realize I, how bad that is? It's, so it's like mind-numbing how bad it is. It's like so I, bad. I also just like don't think like he'll never move into the, he's not gonna move into the starting line. No, he's not for them. So like yeah, you have, barring an injury, because they're not benching Clay ever. They're not benching Draymond. They're gonna start Looney to protect Draymond from playing too much center. And now yeah. as good as Wiggins was in the playoffs, they're not bench him either. So no way. And I and I yeah. think like it gives you some clarity on like, and like you said, I think this is a particularly soft market. Like I, you can't bet on Westbrook yeah. right now. He's like not even no. two to one. It's it's an absurd number. And then Christian Wood, we honestly like don't know. Like maybe he'll he will start. And then Malcolm Brogdon is literally just like a sneeze away from blowing out his knees. So <laughs> like you just you can't bet on him. So I think that this is definitely one of those markets that like. I'm looking at, and I'll probably like sprinkle a guy here, like sprinkle a guy there. Like yeah. if I think that there's like opportunity. So, you know, while Matherin yeah. is a guy that I like, um, I think he's, he, he's a risk to go into the starting lineup. And then like the other guy, like I gave it out preseason was bones. He's 30 to one. And like, he, he's not going to start for the nuggets. Like that's just mm. unrealistic. So like there's at least some certainty in his role. Uh, but is there anybody else that you're eyeing or you're just kind of leaving it right now? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm almost exact same as what you just said. Like I'm looking to sprinkle. That's why I grabbed the Westbrook hundred to one. Like I don't want any yeah. part of Westbrook two to one. The whole point is I don't think that there should be one of those favorites right now. So I'm just kind of grabbing, you know, making the portfolio of 
hopefully get three, four, five of these kind of longer 25 to 100 to one type guys and hope that I get one of them. So yeah, Brogdon, I've got my eye on. I don't know. Like he's good. He's been really good for them, but I just, he doesn't strike me. Like I want a gunner. Malcolm Brogdon is not a gunner and yeah, he's going to miss some injury games. He's going to start some injury games. So that'll probably help at some point, but I don't know. I, I can't get super excited there. Uh, somebody on Twitter today was asking me about Colin Sexton. I think that's interesting. He definitely fits the mold. The one thing here is I didn't write about six man of the year, but I remember from my research, nine of the last 10 six man of the year came from playoff teams, okay. which is not really a thing that you would think of with this award. Cause it's such just like an empty gunner sort of thing. Yeah. But like, I think you averaged, uh, I think all but one of them won 50 games or 50 game win pace. That really narrows the field, actually, because yeah. basically now you're the field. If you knew who those teams were and we have a decent idea of what they would be, you're down to like six options at that point. So yeah. so then I think it's like, OK, well, I don't expect the Lakers to be a 50 win team. So that's rough for Benchbrook. And, you know, maybe Christian Wood is the right pick then, because maybe Dallas is in that mix. Or do we think the Warriors get there still? They might need to for Jordan Poole. That's where I have a little doubts yeah. on both of those. That's not great for Matherin, obviously. No. It is good for Brogdon. Uh, the okay. one other name I liked from before the season that now with the long number, maybe you sprinkle a little bit, Norman Powell. He, he fits yeah. the mold. But I don't like the Clippers right now. We already dumped on them earlier. But I, like, I think who you want is which one of these awful West teams right now do you think still gets to 50 yeah. wins? Is it the Lakers? Is it the Clippers? Is it the Warriors? Like one of those teams, I think you want their six man. Yeah, I think the thing, the only thing that I would say about Westbrook is that I think may be different is that like most teams would start him. And like it's kind of one of those things like um, normally you're not going to have a guy that's that good off the bench, not in your starting lineup if you're not good. You know what I mean? Like I think it's like kind of weird, like you're generally like if you have a guy that can score like that and you don't have a, a, a spot in your starting lineup that's open, then like you're probably good. Um, yeah. So maybe, maybe that's what the balance is. Yeah. Well, and, and too, like, let's just be honest, like Russell Westbrook is going to break the rules. Like he's a former yeah. MVP. He's playing for the Lakers in Los Angeles. So like, and he's going to, he's clearly going to have the numbers. If he stays on the bench all year on the Lakers, he's yeah, going to win this. Yeah, like, like it doesn't he's... matter what their record will be because he's going to put up like 19, almost, seven and seven. Almost a triple double. Yeah. Yeah. And like the 19 alone would be enough to win the award usually. And then the seven rebounds, seven assists or whatever, like the numbers are going to be there. And then people are just be like, Oh, look at Russell Westbrook. He's remade himself into a six man. And like, Jarvin Ham is already talking about that that they want to to make him a six man candidate. That's always a good thing. Like all we need now is LeBron to give him the LeBron bump and be like, oh, like so you know yeah. if he keeps playing well, LeBron's gonna someday come out to the media and be like, oh yeah, Russell Westbrook, like he's really taken on a great role and it saved he's our the team reason. as six man. Yeah, he's the re like he, LeBron does that. Like he'll he'll hype we'll him up. Him a puff and if piece. that happens, like it's a wrap. Yeah. And then I think this next award is like fairly straightforward, just at least based on where we are in the season and it's coach of the year. And the options were Will Hardy, Jazz, J.B. Bickerstaff, Cavs, Budenholzer, Bucks and Missoula Celtics. Uh, Will Hardy was a resounding winner at 62 percent. 
Bickerstaff was at 29%, Budenholzer 8%, and Missoula 1%. I don't know how you get away from the Jazz. Like, I don't know how you don't give it to Will Hardy. Like, do I think that the Jazz will be there for the rest of the season? I don't know. And maybe that's like how you get a little bit of value here on like a different option, just because, you know, he, it, Hardy is, I believe he's the favorite right now. Um, yeah. And it, like he's seven to one, but the, like you're getting long numbers on these guys. So like, I think you just have to kind of predict and it's similar to what you said before, you know, pick maybe a West team that's not good right now. And that could maybe jump into the top four somehow. Yeah. So, so I agree. Will Hardy is very clearly the coach of the year. If the season ended right now, the Jazz yeah. are the one seed. So it's a wrap if that happens. But I don't think Hardy should be the betting favorite because betting, like we're picking awards right now, you and I, but betting is projecting forward. And right now the Jazz are on a 62-win pace. Nobody <laughs> thinks they're going to keep winning at that pace. But historically, coach of the year needs 55 wins or more. Tibbs didn't yeah. do it the year that he won, but almost every year, I think something like 11 of the last 12, everyone except for Tibbs has won at least 55 games. I don't think the Jazz are winning 55, no matter how good they are right mm -hmm. now and all the math and everything, I don't see it. So that means that I think there's value here. And I yeah. love J.B. Bickerstaff as a better for this award. I took him the summer before the Donovan trade. I've got a 40 to one on Bickerstaff. Oh, wow. So I'm loving that right now. But I think one. what what number do you have bigger staff at right uh, now? I see seven to one right now. Okay. So so basically like a co-favorite, but the, the Cavs have a better record than the Jazz. So the Cavs yep. are on a 66 win pace right now. And I believe in that. The defense is elite They're as good. good as anyone outside of Milwaukee. The offense looks good and hasn't even really had Darius Garland yet. Like I think bigger staff from betting standpoint, he fits the profile. You need a team that wins a lot. You need a team that over that goes higher than expectations and that wins a lot more than last year. So yeah. Bud and Missoula and Monty, some of these other guys, like we already knew they were supposed huh. to win a lot. It's not the same expectation yeah. thing. And I think from a betting standpoint, bigger staff should be like a, a plus three or 400. I think you should be yeah. a pretty clear favorite here. Uh, he should, I agree. Uh, he would be my bet. I think you could even bet him at the seven to one. I think that that's still oh, yeah, an I agree. okay number. And the other thing too, with the jazz like, and Will Hardy in particular is like, even if they make, let's say they make the playoffs or the postseason. let's say they, let's say they make the postseason. So they're a top 10 seed in the West. That means that there's like a precipitous fall off from where they are now. Yep. So like, voters are gonna remember that and like it's it's funny because it's like if it was the other way around and you're like the jazz <laughs> is supposed to be so bad and then all of a sudden it's like oh they're they finished as like the ninth season yeah. then like people are like oh they're good like oh my god yeah, well and even like, like like what if the jazz were like hanging around 500 for half the season and then went on this torrid like 20 and five stretch to end the year. The thing they're starting with right now, what if they did yeah. that at the end yeah. and suddenly become like the sixth seed? He would, he would crush. He would yeah. kill. That's how, that's how, the award. That's how Tibbs won. Because they wound yeah. up like sneaking into the four seed at the end of the season. Yep. Everybody's like, oh my God, like Knicks. Right. So but you're right. Instead, it's going to be the other way. It's going to be like, oh, let's recalibrate our expectations. Apparently the Jazz are good. Look at all the good players the Jazz still have. I told you the Jazz were going to be good. We're doing yep. that now. And it's, then if they don't stay early. at that pace then it's like, it's a yeah. long season. Yeah. And suddenly it's like, oh, the Jazz fell to the seven seed now. Yeah. And it's going to be a disappointing ending. Yeah. And I think that'll, I'm going to bring us into, now we get our, like really our two big awards that like, I think are interesting to talk about. And like one guy that's being considered for 
most improved player is Laurie Markkinen. And Laurie, like when you're looking at these, the, the voting on this one was actually very interesting so far. Um, Laurie's winning on the Twitter okay. poll, 38%. The other options were Maxi, SGA, and Halliburton. And uh, Maxi's at 25%, SGA is at 22%, and Halliburton's at 15%. Um, I, I think that Laurie should be in the conversation, sure. I don't think you can bet him. I absolutely would not be betting on him to win this award because I think that they're going to fall off like significantly. Um, but I think that like, it's kind of one of those things like I just, he, I think he's been awesome, but like, he's not like when I look at it, like, even though like we put, I put him in my all-star, like I'm like, he's good, like whatever. I just like, don't, think of him as like ever being an elite NBA player. And I think that like the way this award has gone now, it makes it like impossible for him, in my opinion, to win this award. Yeah, Uh, I agree. Like uh, looking back at recent seasons, to me, Larry Markinen is extremely Jeremy Grant or Miles Bridges, the basketball version of Miles Bridges, or like like (laughs) Christian Wood from a couple of years ago. Every year we get somebody on a bad team, which the Jazz still, we still think that they're going to be a borderline playoff at best team. If they keep winning at the, if they're the one seed, sure, Lowry can win. But we're saying that we expect to fall off a 20 and 10 type guy because you're shooting because someone has to shoot and the numbers are good. And like, look, Lowry's efficiency has been pretty good so far, but it's probably going to fall off. It's going to regress a little bit. To me, he is extremely in that category of like, it makes sense why people are hyped right now because like most improved player we treat at the start of the year as fans and betters as most unexpected player. Yes. That's not what we give the award to though. We give the award to breakout all-star player. So we'll circle back now to the other guys you have on the list. To me, I think my vote here, and I don't think it's close right now is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Shea has been ridiculous. Shea is fifth in the NBA, or sorry, sixth in the NBA in BPM. He's fifth in VORP, so value replacement player. The only guys ahead of SGA are Giannis, Luka, Jokic, and Steph. That's it. The four best players in the NBA, and then Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He, to me, is making the Ja Morant leap right now, but also on defense. Like, I had no idea until I dug into the numbers He's averaging like three and a half stocks a game out of nowhere. And the Thunder defense is pretty good. I think he's a big part of that. He's scoring what, like 31 or 32 a game efficiently. And it's like, it's all twos. He still can't shoot a three, but it doesn't matter. He's actually taking fewer. He's taking fewer threes. He's taking 19 two-pointers a game. Like that's a crazy number in the modern NBA. And what's wild too, is if you told me this was happening with Chet there, I'd be like, oh, yeah, see, Chad is spacing the offense out and she yeah. has more room to work. But it's, it's not that like that roster is is bad. That roster is not a good team. And Shea is putting up these wild numbers anyway. So to me, like, look, I, we both had Shea as an all star starter so clearly that we didn't even really discuss it. Like it was such an easy pick for us that we didn't even make a deal about it. <laughs> Nobody would have thought that a month ago. So. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's him. And then second is Halliburton. And yeah. I know you wanted to be fir- first in your heart, second on my ballot. But like <laughs> Halliburton, he was a starter for you. He was a near starter for me. I think he is going to have a very good chance to make the all-star team. The numbers are great. And like, I, I still think Shea, 
if he actually plays all year, if they don't tank him with like a sprained yeah. ankle for two months or something, like we on buckets, we talk a lot about, oh, who's going to make the all-star team? To me, we're even looking a, a half step above that. It's not just, did you get on the back end of the all-star team? That's the Lowry bar to me. Lowry could sneak into the all-star team. I want an all-star that like gets all NBA votes. That's yeah. what the history has recently said. Shea can make an all NBA team. Shea should make an all NBA team right now. Halliburton, uh, he could get a few votes. He's not quite there, it's but close. he could move yeah. that way. He's close. I, yeah. I, so like I have Halliburton there instead of Shea. And like partially it, my issue with this, and it's something that like we've talked about. And like, it's something I had an issue with, even with Ja like last year, it's like, they are good. Like we know they're good. And like SGA is kind of one of those things like we've known he's good. It's just, yeah. they don't fucking play him. Like he like hasn't played, like he played it when he was 21, he played 70 games and he hasn't even come close to that since like his, like his first year in OKC where he averaged like 19 and like six and three basically. And then, you know, like the last two seasons, he's at like 24 and a half points or so. And it's, it's just kind of one of those things like he's not, his assists haven't changed. His steals have gone up, but you figure steals are kind of like, they can be a little wonky, like in terms of like how consistent they are. Um, he, he's taken the increase in his points, which I think is important. But when you look, in my opinion, it's like when you look at this team, like the Thunder's offense is still not like particularly good. Like, I think that they're just like, they're fine. You know, like oh, no, they're, they're bad. They're, they're, they're terrible other than like, Shea. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, it's, it's literally just Shea and like, they're still 24th in adjusted net. They're 27th in adjusted offense. So it's kind of one of those things I'm like, he's putting up these numbers. They're, they're losing. Like they're still, they're four and six. So like the record wise, like I don't, it matters, but like it, maybe it matters in terms of like, they might tank a little sooner maybe, or maybe they wait or like who, like who knows. And I, that's a concern that I have with both yeah. of these teams. But when you look at this, like Halliburton, if you like year over year, like if you aggregate what he did uh, with the Kings and the Pacers last year, He's making an over a six point jump in his points, uh, a full like assist and a half increase in his assists. And he's gone up an entire rebound uh, while like maintaining like realistically elite efficiency. Um, he's almost like a 50, 40, 90 guy. Uh, he's like real close to that uh, in terms of like what his efficiency is. And he's making this team better. Uh, like they have, they have right now, like, whether you want we want to call it like elite or not but they have like a top offense in the nba uh they're in the top 10 so like he and he's the engine behind that so like i think what he's doing for his team is much more significant and i think that that's something that like helped ja last year like he had the big rise and like granted like it was weird because they kept winning when he didn't play but like <laughs> you know but like he either way the team was better. Like, and you watch them, you go, Oh, like they're good. Like they, they can play, like they can contend. And like, I don't feel that way with the thunder, even though SGA has been incredible. Yeah. So I, I half agree with what you said. I, I agree fully with the team part of it. Yeah. I, I also, I didn't put this in my article, but I kind of like tiered the teams in each conference as I did this. I sure. just did a, Awful, bad, average, good, great. I put everyone yeah. in one of those categories. The West is a mess. 
The <laughs> West is I have the Spurs and the Rockets at the bottom. I yeah, know the Spurs fair. have won a few games, but they are not good. They're bad. I have literally nobody great, no great teams. And then I have just the Thunder as a bad team. So only the teams below the Thunder is the Spurs and Rockets. So that puts them as the 13 seed. I have three good teams. And then what does that leave? Nine teams in the West average group where like, but that means 12 teams ahead of the Thunder. The Thunder are not sniffing the playoffs this year. No. Even as good as Shea has been as a top five player by BPM and Vorp and Schwartz and all the other things, yeah. they still aren't even a 500 team. So they're not making the playoffs. The Pacers maybe could, but I have them, I think, as like the 11th seed right now. So maybe yeah. they're borderline. Uh, I, the conclusion I drew in my article is, so we got Shea, we got Halliburton. We talked a lot about Lowry. Maybe it's just because I bet on him, but I have Darren Fox as my fourth I guy. Have Fox in there, yeah, yeah. So and 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 two, Jay, uh, your your boy Brunson. I think Brunson, not yet, certainly not right now, but I think he's yeah. going to get better and maybe move into the mix. So I think Brunson though becomes kind of a default choice where like I, I want a playoff player because that's what usually this is a, a someone on a playoffs. That's His what odds the rules are crazy. say. They're eighty to one right now. Wow. On, on draft Brunson is Brunson. I will pull, I'm going to pull FanDuel right now. Um, so, so my conclusion from the article is I don't know if the Thunder or the Pacers or the Jazz or the Kings will make the playoffs. I would bet against any one of them making the playoffs, but I might bet on one of the four making the playoffs. I don't know which one. Yeah. So like, I think, that the most improved player would be one of those four, whoever's team actually proves decent enough to like go yeah. 500 and make the playoffs. So SJ Halliburton, Markin, and or Fox, you had Tyrese Maxey fourth on your poll. And like, an I know his, his odds are short. Odds. He was the, he was yeah. the odds leader like a few days ago, still, depending on the book. He is still. Yeah. yeah. Like he, I, you, you don't make that bet right now. I love I, Tyrese Maxey. And I yeah. know Harden's out. We're expecting this kind of leap to come. It has not come yet, and his no. his metrics have not been good. the The Sixers are not playing well. Like you, the reason to bet Maxi is because you're like, mm, huh, Maxi twenty to one. Well, Harden's out. Maybe he'll make a run. That's the reason. But the books already took that away from us and made him the favorite. You can't do it right now. Like maybe yeah. later, but don't do that bet. Yeah, actually, like I think the way maybe you can bet Maxi is um like if you if you're gonna if you're gonna assume that and this kind of goes into the other thing it's like the this is not the opportunity for him like if this happened at the end of the season and like he went crazy then it's like oh it's maxi because like narrative yeah but if you look actually um i'm not even sure i'm trying to find what his odds are right now but i'm wondering if because maxi doesn't he doesn't start like realistically like he's not starting, right? So like if you bet him, like he's starting now, but like if you bet him for sixth man of the year right now, maybe like you can get some like a little bit of an opportunity there because his stats go up because he's starting. But he's presumably. been starting all year though, hasn't has he? Has he been? Or like yeah, I, mean, no, I think I think he's starting. Oh yeah, they're starting him alongside. Yeah, yeah. I tried I tried this. If you told me Tyrese was gonna yeah. was Max was gonna move to the bench, I want them to. I think that's the lineup that they need. Yeah, I would smash Maxi for six man of the year. Like I would yeah. be all over that bet. I think yeah. they should, but like I think they effectively will. I think they will start Maxi. Like he's their star, and it matters to be quote unquote a starter in the NBA. 
Like yeah. I've talked with Matt Moore about this a lot at Action Network. Like I, I'm begging him, like, please tell me Tyrese Maxey is going to come off the bench. And the answer is he's going to. They're going to stagger, but they're not going to actually bring him off the bench. Like he'll close, he'll start, and then they'll mix all the lineups up in between. But he's he's going to start. So yeah, I so, wish. <laughs> uh, yeah, but at the end of the day, for us right now, two man race. Um, just yeah. and like we'll just kind of have to see how it goes. But this is the one that I think. I'm most interested in your take on because it's obviously the biggest award in terms of most valuable player. Wait, and wait, hold on, hold on. We did not do another award. We, we don't have to go long on it. Defensive player of the year. Oh, I have yeah, to bring we it did up miss because that. I think defensive player of the year, you need a bet right now because I think Giannis is the defensive player of the year. Yeah. The Bucks defense is the best defense by a mile. Uh, Milwaukee is still stopping everything in the rim. And now they don't give up three pointers either. Like they're yeah. an awesome rebounding team on defensive rating at basketball uh, reference. The bucks are as far ahead of number four as number four is ahead of number 28. That's insane. So they're like basically lapping the entire field, all but two teams by the whole length of the league. That's insane. And Middleton's not even back yet. That's going to help their team better. Holiday is an awesome defender. Brooke Lopez is an awesome defender. But we know Giannis is the best defender on the team. Historically, we give repeat winners for DPOI. That's very frequent. And we give it to guys that have the reputation already. And I don't really see another alternative here. I think probably it's Evan Mobley. But my profile historically doesn't like Mobley because he doesn't have the reputation or the age buildup yet. So I, I see at Bet Rivers, Giannis is plus 350. To That's me, if you're line, making yeah. a one award bet right now, that is the one to make because I think I think that should be like near even odds. I think Giannis should be considered a heavy favorite here. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. And the other problem I think with Mobley is that Jarrett Allen is also excellent. Yes. So it's like you're going to get into the the whole like, well, who is better? Like, who is the reason for this team being good? So it's like if one of them goes down in the offense or the defense maintains it, then maybe they become a play. Uh, but like we saw last year when Allen went down, granted he was a rookie, but Mobley struggled without Allen. So I like I, I would have a, a great amount of difficulty betting on Mobley. And then like Gobert's situation in Minnesota is like a mess right now. Yeah, so no, I, I did not mention him for a reason. No. So, all right. So <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm with you, the voters were also with you 71% Giannis. Okay. Well, uh, so so, sorry I, to hijack, but I, that's my no, favorite bet on the award. So I want to make sure we got that one out. I appreciate you telling us that or reminding me. So then for MVP, the voters are split and it's close. Ooh. It is 43% Luca, 39% Giannis, 7% Tatum, and 11% other, actually. Hmm. Uh, so That's um, interesting. Yeah, so the other, um, somebody wrote in Ja and somebody else wrote in uh, Jokic. So okay. I, it, this is tough because Joker's been awesome too and like if he hadn't won before maybe like we can like twice in a row then like maybe but like i don't know how you get around luca right now (laughs) yeah so is so is luca your pick luca is my pick and it's kind of one of those it's just like we've talked about this and we were like it is inevitable that he was going to win one and it was just a matter of like which year is it going to (laughs) be and it's like honestly i just was like I'm just never going to bet him because the number is never good. And yeah. it's like, if I lose it, like if I lose betting on somebody else, like I lose and like, I just have to build, I guess I just don't necessarily have a position, but like Giannis is, I think making this still like almost actionable 
because Giannis has been so good. Yeah, I agree. I, I literally, when I wrote my article on this, so I have a five-man ballot, so I'll, I'll spell out. But I literally, so I, I chose Luca. Luca is my MVP right now. But when I put in my my article, I have Luca one, Giannis two, and I literally, as I was writing the article, I flipped it and I was like, nah, okay, Giannis one, Luca two, and I flipped it back and went back to Luca again and first. So yeah, I, it's very close. Clearly, I agree with your voters on making it really close, but. Luka Doncic right now, 36, 8, and 8, 63% true shooting, 13.5 box plus minus, which would rank second in NBA history right it's now. It's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. And here's the crazy thing that got me. Two things that convinced me not only is Luka the MVP right now, but actually I need to really take him seriously. I haven't really taken him that seriously yet because I didn't really think that the Mavs would win enough. And my whole MVP profile is you got to be a one or a two seed. And I've never given the Mavs credit for that. But two things I noticed here. Number one, the Mavs are pretty good. And obviously when yeah. Luka is this good, then the Mavs should be pretty good too. But Luka is as good right now by BPM as Jokic was last year. They were not a one or two seed. He did win MVP, but it took a while for people to get there. But I really like the Mavs profile. They're number one in two-point percentage. Yeah. They're number one in free throw rate right now. Their defense I thought I was going to take a step back, but has really matched last year's profile. Like Great. they are limiting three pointers. They're doing a lot of the things that Jason Kidd had them doing last year. Our man might actually be a quality coach. Like <laughs> the Mavs are good. So yeah. right now I, I mentioned my little tears thing earlier. The Mavs are one of my three teams on the West that I have as good, not in the average group because Luca this good and their profile I think makes them a threat. I think that the Mavs could be the one seed. If they are, yeah. we're done. Like it's, it's a runaway. It's, it's Luka a is the MVP. Yeah. I, so there's that. And then the other thing too, is that Luca is under 30% on threes right now. He's like, not we already good. know, like he runs yeah. hot and cold. So when he starts making, he's going to start scoring 40 a game for like a month later on in the yeah, season. He's already happen. at 36 and can't make a three pointer. And he shoots like eight or nine a game. So at some point, He's going to start shooting like 50% for a month because that's how he this historically he goes. And we're going to smash literally, his Like he's going to have like that. a two week stretch where he's like 40, 10 and 12. Yeah. And people are just going to be like, this is unbelievable. It's over. So yeah. I, yeah, I, I think what you said is exactly right. I Giannis is awesome. Giannis has been incredible up until last night. He dropped a little bit up until that loss and the blemish. Giannis was fifth all time in BPM. So the man is deserving right now and always will be. But I think, like you said, he might be buying a little bit of a window here. Like as long as they both are that good, then there's a window of value. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I, I've i been trying to build a position and I didn't even have Luka in my plans. I wanted Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, and my lit on fire Kawhi 40 to one yeah, ticket that I, mean, I can use as toilet paper at this point. That's a wash at this point. Like I, yeah, like I'm kind of in the boat. Like I think I might like have to start piling at least free bets on Luca at like the mm -hmm. 30 to one or three to one rather, just because yeah, it's just like, the 30 to one. It was 30 can. to one. Yeah. You do it. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just like the number is just getting like, it's getting low and like he's getting, it's basically becoming like consensus, like him or Giannis uh, type of vote right now. And honestly, the, the concern with Giannis, too, is like Middleton is coming back. There are no reinforcements in Dallas. Like it is yeah. just Luca. So like unless they make a trade, I can't even, even then, like I can't even imagine a situation where they bring in somebody whose usage is so high that it cuts into what Luca's doing. Like I think Matt 
tweeted something today and it was like Luca is averaging 50 points per 100 possessions which is just like mind numbing it's it's, it's it's insane so like I, I i like i'm struggling with it because it's just like he's so so good and like it's like he came into the season in shape we kind of talked about that and it was just oh. like how do you bet on a guy that's like plus 400 and it's like okay well like now he's plus 300 we're a month into the season and like he's actually doing better than i think we thought he could have done uh and yeah. like to bet on them like i think it's kind of one of those things like Maybe we need to start taking them like instead of maybe betting on Luca, the way to bet them is to either start betting like title odds, because I think that their profile fits a team that like could win. Like if you have like a guy maybe in like in the postseason that could like be a superstar, uh, you have the defense is good. They shoot. They 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 you're, they're not going to get out variance by another team because of what they do. Um, but maybe it's either that or maybe you could say like, I don't know if they can really be most regular season wins, but if they were the, the odds, I mean, they could that, be the, the one seed in the West. I think do you, yeah. do you agree that they could, I, I don't think you want them against like the Bucks, Cavs, Celtics, but how about just the West, the West uh, you can get them at five plus five fifty. So the only teams ahead of them are the Suns, Grizzlies and nuggets. Um, I don't hate that, but the odds are almost like not as good as I thought they were going to be Yeah, uh, to be the one seed in the West. Yeah, it's hard because, yeah, I think at this point, like, I don't want to chase. I don't want to chase steam on Luca because the number is so short right now, even though we're gushing about him for five minutes now. But, like, sometimes as a better, you just got to take a loss. Like, yeah. I, I'm already in on other positions. And I think I, I think if this is the best we're going to get on Luca, and he just keeps getting shorter and shorter in the number, I, I might just have to take a loss at some point because, yeah. like, we're, we're still 70 games left here. There's a long way to go. Luca doesn't have the cleanest bill of health history. Like he, he tends to miss time here and there. So like the, the number is probably going to move around. I don't want to chase the steam on this number here. I want to comment on a couple other guys. Jokic is awesome. I also, in my, in my conclusions that I came up with, I Jokic was my pick coming into the year. I thought Jokic or Giannis was going to be the MVP despite the back-to-back last year and everything. Yeah. I don't think Jokic is going to win because here's the reason. He somehow is more efficient than ever this year. Like, I don't, I don't know how he just keeps it's getting insane. better, but he is taking six fewer shots a game. He's averaging under 21 points a game right now. Yeah. That doesn't win MVP. It just doesn't. Gonna do it. It's not going to yeah. do it. Like, especially we have a bunch of dudes scoring 30 a game right now. Like 21 is not going to cut it. Yeah. The magic number is at least 25. And in this, in this atmosphere or environment or whatever, like it's going to be more than that. So I, I, Jokic is going to be on every ballot because the Nuggets are going to be awesome. But like, unless, and the thing is too, Denver hasn't been that great. No. Like I, Denver is one of my other three good teams in the West. That's Denver, Phoenix, Dallas. Yeah. But unless, unless Denver, like the only path Jokic wins with these kind of numbers is if they just blow away the field. If they're the sons of last year and they're like eight wins better than everyone else, then okay, maybe Jokic wins. But I think yeah. that's the only way now. And I don't think you want to bet on that. So my guy that's third on the ballot, not exactly a surprise name here. I'm I'm wearing my Steph Curry shirt, but fair. Uh, Steph Curry, the Warriors suck, but Steph Curry does not suck. Steph has 33, 7, and 7 on 51, 43, 93 shooting, which is just scorching hot right now. Like I saw a graphic about uh from I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but Mike Bowie, I think, 
of has oh, a graphic yeah. of uh win probability added and it's all the names and you're like following it's like kelly olenic at the top and then a bunch of games uh, names going down but then you look again you're like oh no, no no kelly olenic is not at the top there's another name that's like so far to the side that he's almost off the ground like off the chart yeah and it's steph curry is just like so far better than all the other options and what he's adding to the team the warriors aren't good but the warriors would be like Remember a couple years ago Bad. when the Warriors were the worst team in the league? That's what yeah. they would be without Steph right now because the roster yeah. around him plays numbers oh like so bad. Yeah, Who and Kerr is doing the weirdest stuff with these rotations. Yeah. So like they they're not doing themselves any favors, honestly. So yeah, it, if you think that the Warriors, if you still believe, and like maybe Kerr just kind of messing around, maybe he's like trying out some of the young guys and they'll get serious for a while. That's totally believable. Like we've seen this for like seven years with the Warriors now. If you believe, I think Curry is like the the middling long shot sort of guy that you maybe take a nibble on. Uh, the numbers are there. Like I know it's not super long, but to me, I have him basically in a top three tier. Like he numbers wise individually, he belongs with those top two. It's just that the team production isn't there. Then it's a drop off to me to Jokic in fourth, and then a pretty big drop off. I put Donovan Mitchell fifth on mine. I have Mitchell and I have Siakam. Yeah. So I, I had I had Siakam. So I, I think if I had to do an order, I had Mitchell five, and then I would have something like Tatum, Dame, Siakam, and probably Shea, to be honest. And I think yeah. people would probably have Morant or Kevin Durant in there. Like there's a lot of great players right now. We yeah. are hashtag blessed to be watching all these guys, but no, it's like it's a blast. All, all of those names are when when people say, well, what about Pascal Siakam? Shouldn't he be in the MVP conversation? Yeah, great. He can be in the conversation for fifth on the ballot. Yeah. John Morant, like, fifth on the ballot. Donovan Mitchell, fifth on the ballot. They can all be in the conversation, but they're not in the real conversation of guys that can win. Right, right now is four names and maybe three and maybe two. Yeah, maybe like, one. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I really struggle to see there being like a lot of really viable names to win this award. Like when you start adding in all the advanced metrics and records and like everything else, like it, it really starts to narrow the field. Yeah. So uh, this is these were our ballots. You know, uh, I hope you guys can take something actionable from it. And like you said, Brandon, what if you had to bet one thing right now? I know you kind of said it already, but. Maybe you could maybe tease something else with it. <laughs> well, the the one award pick that I would make right now is Giannis plus 350 for defensive player of the year. To me, that's the one that those odds really stand out as just being way off right now. So I think that would be my favorite. And then I think one other award, my next pick probably would be JB Bickerstaff for coach of the year, but it's a sizable drop off. Like uh, Giannis to me, here's how I feel about Giannis defensive player of the year. Remember, Joe, when you and I talked about Paolo this summer and I was like, no, 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 he's so far ahead. Like he could be a minus number later on. Yeah. To me, that's Giannis. Like we could be like a few weeks from now and Giannis could be a minus number. And we're just like, yeah, well, we already know. Like the way Draymond was this time last year, we're, we're that's how good the Bucks are defensively, historically good right now. And Giannis is so clearly the answer to that. Like, I think that's where we might be heading there. Like I'm gonna have to write about Giannis. I'm yeah. getting so fired up about it. So he. He's my pick. Giannis plus 350. Yeah, I love that. I'll be putting that one in. Probably going to log it in the app too so that way everybody can hear it and see it. Uh, but I like that. And then I think that if you didn't get a position on 
Tyrese Halliburton for most improved, like you actually can get in right now. It's like 11 to one, hmm. um, which is lo- much longer than it was like a week and a half ago. Honestly, like I, it was, he was like, I think he was, a, I got as low as like six to one or so. And then the max, the hardened news broke and then maxi plummeted down and then SGA like has continued his 30 point streak um so i think that there is some opportunity to buy there like if you don't have a position yet and uh you know that's that that's kind of where i would be right now in terms of that and um for at least for most improved Uh, i I like that one i would say this most improved and six man are the two markets to watch here like yeah most improved we kind of narrowed the field to like five or six guys here but like those odds are wildly swinging. Even one game, it's like, wow, Tyrese Maxey put up 42. He's the favorite now. Yeah. Like, like so that I would means love- don't, don't be the person that sees the 42 and is like, oh no, Tyrese is plus 350. I better grab him right now. Like, no, that's the night that you pay for the Halliburton plus 1100 ticket yeah. or whatever. So I think, yeah, watch that one. And then just six man, something, maybe it's just Jordan Poole, but even there, maybe you watch for the right number. Yeah. But like it, it feels like that one is, is it feels it's like that's up for grabs. Yeah. Like I wish you could parlay because I would parlay Halliburton and Matherin because I think that they would be tied together because it's like if the team continues to be good, it probably means that Matherin is still on the bench. And like if so, if like if your books allow you to do it, I would it's kind of weird, but like I think I would do that because mm-hmm. it probably means the Pacers didn't trade Heald and Turner which means that Matherin likely stays on the bench. Um, so that like, and, maybe and like it probably sprinkle. means that the Pacers like are a playoff team because yeah. we've talked about how that matters for both of those. So I, yeah. I, I agree. I think those are correlated. So if you're yeah. able to put those together, I like that. Yeah, it could be like a nice little sprinkle. Um, so Brandon, it was a pleasure having you on here. Uh, real quick before we get out, get you out of here, because this is like the longest episode ever. Uh, <laughs> what do you have? Do you have a quick recommendation for the listeners that's non like, or it could be sports related, um, but it could also be non sports related. My recommendation, real quick, because I can see you thinking uh, and the wheels turning, is um, I got these uh, fiber one 70 calorie soft baked bars, and they're actually kind of good. This is a birthday cake one. And like, it's a nice little like snack. I like throw them on my desk. Uh, and it's like, if I'm like, I'm like fiending for something sweet as I have like a pile of just candy next to me right here. Um, but like, it's, it's like my healthy option. Uh, it is bulking season right now. So like, I don't, it's the calories are like the calories. Um, but you know, it's, it's just like a nice little like tasty treat. They have a coffee cake one. So those are nice in the morning. Um, and then like the birthday cake one, it's almost like a dessert. So it's just like, I, I gotta have the sweet fix and these fiber one things, you know, it's good to have, it's good to stay regular. (laughs) (laughs) That, that is the oldest man recommendation that I've ever heard. Although that's not even true. I've heard you like give out Pyrex before as a recommendation. Yeah. Soup. like whatever. It's all good. All right. So I'm, I I have to give out something that I've watched because I literally like I pulled out my doc because I keep track of everything that I watch. I rank them all one to five stars. I have like absurd spreadsheets of information tracking this all. So I'm just going to go with the thing that I watched like a week or two ago and tweeted about. If you have not watched it yet on HBO, HBO Max, 38 at the Garden. So I want to just I'm coming for you, Joe, with this one. I got the Garden in here. Jeremy Lin, 38 at the Garden. It's like only like a half an hour. Give it a watch. Like it is really good. It was really, really well made. 
And just Lynn Sanity reliving it 10 years later, I think it was 2012. Yeah. So it's just like the the production and every everyone that is on the team that made it and everyone that's on the team talking in the movie are I mean like you should be giving this instead of me like they're all they're all Asian American yeah they're well all they have like I think it doesn't Hassan Minaj like he's yeah. like he runs it I think right yeah like, like he's he one of the main narrators on it and let's like I I as as a as a white dude I appreciated watching this because like I'm a white dude who's a basketball fan I enjoyed as a basketball fan reliving the Jeremy Lin fun times but I also learned like why this really mattered to like it mattered yeah. to me. Cause it was like, Oh cool. Jeremy Lin, this fun player, but it, it's, it does a really good job of painting that and like reliving the fun from a basketball perspective, but also saying, no, no, no. Here's why that really mattered to me, not me, Brandon, but to me, Hassan Minaj or whoever else is talking on, on the film and to Jeremy, obviously they're interviewing him. And they talk about his journey of like sleeping, like, nights where he's like sleeping on Landry Fields' couch with like his legs hanging out the bed and then yeah. drops 38 at the garden the next night and just like yeah just just wild stories and um they talk at the end well I don't want to give in too much more I don't want to spoil anything I, yeah I mean, it's, it's this, basically fiction it's great yeah <laughs> so. it, it really it, it really is like it's yeah like the the Canada when you when you get to the game in Canada and all the road fan or all the the home Canada fans start cheering for the Lynn shot at the end of the game it, it's it was it's just great. crazy because I remember I remember Lynn sanity um and it was like it was it was nuts it was absolutely nuts and like he was it was it's weird because like he was never really able to recapture it and it's funny because like the knicks like i remember like when they when they didn't sign him or like re-sign him and i was like this is absolutely insane like they didn't re-sign him because like of the money or like the tax implications and i was like they couldn't go get anybody like there was nobody they could get with that money because they were way over the cap it made like actually like no business sense anyway and then like he wound up never really panning out in the same way but um, there are some great clips of him not passing Kobe the ball. So I love that. <laughs> it's like an all time one. Yeah, but, that, um, that was a lot of fun. It, sp speaking of Kobe, I, let me even out the universe since I gave a Knicks recommendation. Don't forget to watch Winning Time if you haven't yet. Like true. I was a little late to that. I just finally watched it. I, I binged the whole season the weekend before the season started the, the NBA season. Smart. So I was like, let's me like hype up for the season. It's so fun. Like I, I know there was all the, all the problematic stuff and like, you know, Jerry West and Kareem and everyone like it's fiction. I know I'm watching a fictionalized version. Okay. I understand. I'm just enjoying the fun of it, but like they capture like Jerry, John, or what is it? John C. Riley was yeah. born to play Jerry bus yeah. and like the pulpiness and the soapiness, soap factor, soap opera of everything. Like, Oh, it's so they good. Job. They yeah. leaned like, the production value I thought was fantastic. It's exactly the tone that I wanted for it. So I'm I'm all in on that. I'm I'm a little sad it took me too long. So here I am getting out Jeremy Lin and watching Lakers. Way I'm to go, basically, Brandon. I'm basically converting you. So <laughs> so Brandon, no, it's it's always a pleasure having you on. Uh this will give our listeners something to listen to for maybe more than a day. But our picks were out right away, right to start the episode for these Wednesday games. So uh, hopefully you guys can get something actionable for that. And then also from all of these awards and all of our discussions. So that way you know how to bet the NBA. We're 10% down. Uh, so only, only 70 games to go. 
And then two months of playoffs. Exactly. So uh, with that, everybody, stay stay sharp. You know, stay all-stars. It's winning time. Let's cash that. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger Trying to play me out like this if my name was Sega